Punches it not. Shades of Kerry Von Eric. Of course. Senior official John Finnegan displaying the ECW World Heavyweight title belt. in the logic, Joey Styles. We have a tradition in ECW, and if you want to put that belt on the line in Chicago tonight, I say we make this a three-way. 
Welcome to another episode of the Retro Wrestling Podcast. I'm intern Alex. I'm the one and only, the greatest referee in professional wrestling history, Patrick Young. And Patrick, as we head into the second week of September, what do you have for us from the news desk this week, sir? Well, the biggest story of the week, Nikki Bella has decided to join Dancing with the Stars. It is true. It is true that this is uh, the biggest story in the world. Chris Jericho's done it in the past. Yeah. Stacy Keebler did. Yeah. So I guess she won't be wrestling anytime soon. No, she was actually getting ready to do a comeback, she said, which I thought we saw her retire. She was done. I don't think so. I think she'll now, be back. Now, you mean tell me we're going to have to be stuck with this bitch for longer? <laughs> I think she'll be back, uh, you know, sporadically. A John yeah. Cena schedule. Right. Because he's about to go away, too. So. Right. I think they'll be around for WrestleMania, definitely. No, I'm just joking. I, I like Nikki. I really do. Uh, she got a lot better as a wrestler. She did. She improved a lot. Now, I'm not going to say she's, st- you know... I'm not going to say she ever improved as much as like a Trish Stratus did from when she started to when she ended. Yeah. But she certainly developed weight. Bree. Bree's not a good wrestler. Bree never developed that much. And so Nikki put a lot of time and uh, work into it and got that neck injury. And yeah, I mean, that's just going to slow you down regardless of who you are. I mean, she's lucky to even be able to have wrestled again after that she'll do good at dancing with the stars she's a good dancer from i mean her ring entrance i haven't seen much of her other dancing yeah i haven't either uh i'm sure she was a former cheerleader and stuff like that so she probably has some some background in that and just the pro wrestling i mean pro wrestling sort of is a dance itself so as far as like the lifts and the choreography right aspect of it so I think she'll have a great shot at winning it. I haven't seen the rest of the cast, though. If she's up against, like, an Olympian or somebody, like like a singer that actually dances on stage, she might run into some problems. But, yeah, I'll, I'll look at the Dancing with the Stars. Chattanooga's own Terrell Owens. Oh, T.O.'s going to be in it? T.O., of course. I might actually have to watch this season just to see T.O. Debbie Gibson. Barbara Corcoran. She's from Shark Tank. Yeah. Derek Fisher, the great basketball star. Drew Scott. A lot of these people I have to look up. They're not exactly stars when I have to look them up. He's one half of the Property Brothers. He'll probably be garbage. Frankie Muniz. Malcolm in the Middle. And race car driver now. Frankie Muniz is going to be dancing. Jordan Fisher. I don't know who this is. This is a YouTube star. A YouTube child singer. Lindsey Sterling, another YouTube star. Lindsey Sterling's Wikipedia page says she's a dancer. And a performance artist. So how is that fair? Right. Yeah. Nick Lachey from 98 Degrees, your favorite boy band. Absolutely. I'm, I'm kind of partial to NSYNC, though. Just, you know. Yeah. A girl from Pretty Little Liars called Sasha Piertis. Terrell Owens. Vanessa Lachey. So it's husband versus wife. That's the big storyline there. So. That, yeah. And then Victoria Arlen. She's a Paralympian swimmer. Oh, no. See, she's going to win. Oh, okay. She's a swimmer. I see. I knew an Olympian something. How do you vote against somebody that is wheelchair bound? How do you vote against that? I can't believe Dancing with the Stars has lasted this long. And it's so many seasons. People love this show still. Oh, man. My grandmother, my mother, my aunt. It's massive. 
the female population of this world is obsessed with it. Monday Night Football left ABC and everyone was like, what will they do? What will they do? They put Dancing with the Stars on and instead of all the men watching, now it's all the women watching. Yeah, so yeah. I am fortunate enough to say I have not watched an entire episode of Dancing with the Stars. I have stopped by. And I have stopped by. I have not seen from start to finish either. But yeah, best of luck to Nikki Bella. Uh, She'll have the whole... WWE universe behind her. Oh yeah, and the the Total Bellas universe. You and know. John Cena's fans. I mean, yeah. I think she's going to the finals. I'm already calling it. Uh, Donovan Dijak. Dijak. Ring of Honor star. Yes, he is signed with uh, WWE. Yep, going to the Performance Center and probably going to NXT right after that. Rumor is he's going to be a part of the stable that they've formed with uh, Adam Cole. And Red Dragon. So it's all these Ring of Honor guys, basically. And, you know... You think they're going to build maybe an NWO, WCW kind of thing? I don't think they're going to... It'd be nice. They're gonna. I think they're going to have a stable. And I think the stable name might have like some kind of tie... Like Dishonorable or... Dishonorable Discharge or something like that. Ew. Yeah, I don't know. Why not? Yeah, just something like that. I yeah. think it might have some... I don't know what they're doing, though, uh, as far as their long-term plans. But there could be a massive Ring of Honor faction if you really took everybody, on the, even on the main roster. If you ever took... Samoa Joe. AJ Styles. AJ. Tyler Black. Yeah. I mean, it would be pretty big. And it would be something cool to see kind of a co-brand type you know we did work for them but we don't now but you know what we're going to take over kind of thing it, it we were we were better in ring of honor and we want to be better now we're better we're still better than you or yeah. I, I don't know it would be it would be a nice i mean it's never going to be the nwo but it would be a nice way of pulling that back just a little because i thought that's what they were going to do with the club yeah and that fell to shit like it didn't they last. were done like it, two months. Yeah, it lasted two months. Yeah, that brand split like immediately broke them up. Yeah. And now, I mean, because I was even thinking, I was like, Balor's there, so we're gonna have Finn Balor with it. You know, four on everyone, it's gonna be perfect. But yeah, Gallows and Anderson have been pretty much lost since then. I would say. Yeah, I say this every year, and they haven't done it in a while. But I almost feel like we're coming up on a purge of old talent, like where they're gonna let some people go, especially like a Dolph Ziggler that's. Yeah, just rudderless, just lost completely, and uh, because I don't know if Dolph hits the indie circuit, he will immediately be picked up by Impact. Well, they're going through some troubles this week. Uh, That's my next story. We'll get into that here in a second. But I don't know how much longer they're going to be. I say this all the time. I, why do I even? I always think, oh, this is the end. The end is near for them, but it never is. But. Uh, no, I just feel like when you keep signing talent, like the roster just keeps growing. Yeah. And they're not, other than 205 Live, they were supposed to have that UK show, and they've put that on the shelf. So yeah. now all those UK guys, are out, they're letting them do independence because they don't have anything for them. Now you have all these women wrestlers. They're going to, I guess they're going to have to make NXT two hours. They're, I don't know how they justify having this many people. On the roster. They're going to... Here's what's going to happen. They're going to keep Raw on... Raw and SmackDown are going to stay on live television. Yeah. Well, they have to. NXT's going to stay on Wednesdays. 205 Live's going to be on Tuesdays. You're going to have a women's show on Thursdays. You're going to have a British show on uh, Fridays. 
You're going to have your pay-per-views on Saturdays and Sundays. You are going to have a live television wrestling broadcast. A new broadcast every single day. It doesn't necessarily have to be live, but it can be pre-taped. Like right. they, they tape NXT for weeks in advance. But but every single day. That's too much, though. I mean, they, that's, that's the only way. And even then, you are overpopulating the entire market and people are going to say listen I, I, time out you got to give me some space even I, I mean I'm going to sit there and watch it but even I will be like okay I've got to go find some alone time just to get away from wrestling for a little bit because that's a lot of wrestling oh yeah every single week yeah for me it's to, already a lot of wrestling for me to say that that's saying something so. I think it's already a lot just to go raw smackdown and a pay-per-view. I mean, Raw and SmackDown combined, that's five hours. Yeah. If you watch 205 Live, that's six. And then... You go to in NXT. NXT, there's another hour, so you're up to seven hours. Yeah. I mean... Almost a full work shift. Yeah, almost an entire day's worth of work. Yeah. I mean, I don't devote eight hours to anything else other than work, I think. So, yeah. You know, when they had the Cruiserweight Tournament last year, like Zack Sabre Jr., and Kota Ibushi didn't sign because they knew, you guys have so much talent, you're not going to know how to utilize me when yeah. I get there. And yeah. they were right. And so that's the one concern. That's the one thing I would take into consideration if I was a hot prospect on the indies is, yeah, it might be a little bit better money, but I might get lost. And then it just hurts my value. It takes years off of my... Well, see, it was always... This is what's weird is it's always been when New York comes calling, you say yes. And now, just in the past few years, it's been like, it's okay to say no. Yeah. And that pisses so many people at WWE off because they're saying no, and then they're going out and they're making a success of it and throwing it back in their face like well, I made a success on my wrestling career and didn't need WWE to do so. They might not get to live in a mansion, but at the same time they won't have to work a WWE schedule and not right. be able to enjoy their like WWE is going to make their guys work on Christmas and New Year's this year. Really? They're going to have Raw live on Christmas Day. They are going to make these poor wrestlers not only I mean cuz they'll have to travel Christmas Eve to get to wherever they're going. Man, that's shitty. That's pretty rough. And so... Um, That's pretty rough, Or you man. could be an indie wrestler and say, instead of making seventy grand a year, I'm going to make forty grand a year, but I'm going to work when I want to, make all my merch money, and just do my own thing. Well, Have like, complete control of my character. The last time Raw was on Christmas Eve, I think was like 98. 98, 99, something like that, because The Rock came out and he was singing or you know the night before christmas or whatever but uh that's insane that they're gonna make them work on christmas yeah i think it's the first time ever they've done a live christmas day show christmas day yeah not christmas eve christmas day they're gonna make them show up to work on a night when a lot of people don't watch tv on christmas day yeah. they might go out to the movie like the new star wars movie here's is gonna what, be here's out what we're, gonna, we're gonna get up we're gonna open run the, presents we're gonna run down See what Santa Claus left us. We're going to then enjoy playing with our toys while mother is sitting or in the kitchen cooking while right. father is sitting there watching football 
and watching the kids play. Yeah, with no, their football new, does come on every, every playing Christmas. Playing with their new toys. And then at 8 o'clock Eastern Standard Time. Stop everything. We're going to change off. from football to pro wrestling. Or we're going we're gonna to turn off a Christmas story. Or, or yeah. we're going to turn off whatever Christmas movie you like. Yeah. Bad Santa. You'll shoot your eye out. You'll right. shoot your eye out. Yeah. National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. We're going to turn that off. We had a blast watching that last year, you and me. I love that movie. It's, it's a great it's movie. It's a great movie. Uh, yeah. No. It'll... Uh, that's shitty. Yeah. That's 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 crazy, man. <laughs> that's insane. Because now it's like, when you think of Christmas, think of WWE. <laughs> yeah. Or, I mean, how many people are even going to want to fool with, like... Yeah, traveling that day, like gather around the table, the whole family. Yeah, I'm at my grandmother's this year, so I'm gonna be my grandmother, my grandfather, my aunts, uncles. Say sorry, grandma. So I'm gonna say we're eating at the, the dining room table, but I need a TV so For three I can hours. watch Raw at eight o'clock. There's nothing wrong with them taping it. That's the whole thing that's crazy to me. Is like they, it doesn't have to be live. Yeah. yeah. That's all I'm saying. If you if you, if you know anybody, or if you are yourself a hot indie prospect, and you're get, and you get that offer, just it's okay to say no. Yeah, if you're doing all right, you know, just I mean, if you feel like it's going to help your career, by all means, do it. I'm that is where you, at one point in time you want to end up. Yeah, in your career. But now it's just really you but, have to take a lot of things into consideration. But there's so much more. You got Ring of Honor's picking up. You've got. New Japan, which is coming to the U.S. Huge tidal waves. Uh, that's just, I mean, it's hitting U.S. It's hitting, you know, still rocking in Japan. The it's, U.K. indie scene with Progress and all those other yeah. ICW, all yeah. those places. There's plenty of places to go. Yeah. You don't necessarily, unfortunately, uh, you don't have to go work for Vince. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure at one point, like I said, you're at some point in time you're going to want to wind up there. But if the timing is not right, it's okay to say no. And that's what it just it blows people's minds that that's the type of era we're in in wrestling now. Yeah, it is crazy. It'd be like a baseball player saying, no, I don't want to play major leagues. Yeah. I'm happy playing for the lookouts. I'm gonna yeah, stay, I'm gonna stay I'm here. I'm gonna stay here in Chattanooga playing for the lookouts on, in the uh, in the minors. Yeah, I'm just Not, gonna stay here. I'm happier here. Yeah, There's I'm no pressure. Here. Yeah. I watched Global Force Wrestling this week. How? I actually went to a friend's house down in uh, and they had Pop TV and they had Pop TV down wow. in Cal- down in Calhoun, Georgia, and I watched it and. Uh, Tanya Valkyrie showed up, made her arrival, which has made big waves. Apparently, she is a huge AAA female wrestler and uh, and has made big waves over uh, overseas and stuff like that on the indie circuit. I did not any. I don't know anything about her, but uh, she showed up. She made a name for herself. She kicked ass. She took names. It was awesome, and uh, I think she's got a great career over here in the United States. Yeah, GFW's got a talent exchange going with uh, AAA, much like WCW used to have. And so you're going to see a lot of the great AAA talent sometimes appear on on Impact. I can't tell you, though, because I don't have Pop TV. So uh, I try to keep up with it, but I mean, yeah, it's, it's one thing to be keeping up with it on the internet and then keeping up with it on TV. So. Yeah. But. Uh, 
They just re-signed their uh, deal with Pop TV, so it's still going to be unavailable to us for the next two years. Evan Bourne was in the main event this past week. But sticking with our topic of Global Force, um, Jeff Jarrett took some personal time earlier in the week. An indefinite leave of absence is what it was coined coined by Impact Wrestling. But he was called up to the offices in Canada to be basically dismissed, I guess. So Well it was told it has now been said he will be back next week. Well he's gonna be on T V. They've pre he's involved in an angle on television. Okay. So he will appear on television unless they edit him out. I don't know if they're planning on doing that. Probably not. Um but yeah, he'll be on T V I think the next ta- the tapings run on for another like three or four weeks, maybe even longer. Okay. And so he's going to appear on the show, but his uh, behind-the-scenes role is now vacant. And so, because of Triple Mania, he was he got into it with the fans on the way out, like really? very uh, like I think he threw a beer or something at a fan, or like really. Uh, there's some sort of personal issue going on with him. I. There's an alleged personal issue going on with Jeff Jarrett, and so he's been dismissed. But right after they did that, a report on SportsIllustrated.com came out about how they're looking to sell this company again. And so... But I also read at the exact same day that, uh, and this was verified by Kevin Sullivan, that the selling of Global Force Wrestling is not true. It is, in his words, BS. As a matter of fact, they're getting ready to start and launch their own Global Force Network. Yeah, they said they they issued a press release saying all this stuff, talking about the renewal of their television deals, uh, their own uh, version of the WWE Network with TNA footage, and uh, it had a few other things in there to, I believe, to give the impression, yes, that we're we're pushing forward, but... At the same time, the way the Sports Illustrated article put it is that they're hemorrhaging money. They're losing a lot of money. And the company's always lost a lot of money, much like WCW. And at some point, the owners, Anthem Sports, are probably looking to make money with this thing. And if they could even license the footage to WWE or sell the, the tape library, it would make a lot of money. And they could be done with... I, I don't want the company to go out of business... But it would be a, it'd certainly be a way to just wash their hands of it and make some money on the, in the process because GFW's TV deal with Pop, they don't get paid by Pop TV no. for, for Impact. It helps out the TV station because that fills an hour of programming or two right. hours of programming. Right. And then you, you have to then sell your own ads and put it within your show, and that's how you make money off of it for Impact. And then Gia, and then... And then Pop TV can put their commercials in certain breaks, and they'll make money off those commercials. But they don't actually pay GFW and Anthem for that content. That's not a money. You're not going to be able to make enough. You can, you can't run enough house shows in this world to make money without a good TV deal. And the fact that they re-signed this TV deal with Pop, I don't. I just don't know. I've never understood the business model that they're yeah. unless they've got something up their sleeve to where they can figure out a business model to make money then I would just if I personally held this company I would be in, interested in selling the tape library especially the tape library 
from uh, the start. Well, oh yeah, especially up to a certain point. Yeah, where you're not even where you could even maybe keep like the last three or four years because those are those guys are still on your roster. Yeah, but the the actually the asylum years where you had. All WWE X guys and current guys, like, and you had you had Savage show. Oh up. yeah, you Scott Hall, Kevin Nash, Nash. You had uh, Ken Shamrock. Right. At one point in time, you actually had um, Nikita Koloff. Yeah, so, I mean, they're, they're Road Warriors, Vader. You know, so many, everybody, so came many through came there. through there just to get that thing off the ground up here. Hogan and and Knoxville. At the Knoxville Fairgrounds. Just so many people. DDP was there at one point in time. I would love to get that video vault. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it'd be excellent. Before they went, when even the weekly, where you had to pay nine ninety nine, the weekly pay-per-views. Yeah. To get the weekly show. You weren't even getting it on live TV. You were getting the weekly shows, and so... Yeah, so as far as actually selling the whole company, there's maybe there's not a lot of truth to that, but as far as selling... The tape library or a portion of the tape library, I think there's, I think that's always definitely on the table. Like, possibility. Always a possibility. But we'll see what happens because everything I, every time I think is they're done or they're getting sold or they're going off the air, they always find a way to keep coming back. Jack Gallagher got married this past week. Oh, Jack, gentleman Jack Gallagher. I almost I confused it with, uh, the other Jack, Jack Swagger, no, who had been no. married for a while. So I was like, no. how did he get married again? No, Jack Gallagher. Well, good for him. Yeah. Too bad he's on 205 Live. And, he's and too bad he's working Christmas, his first wedding. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> nice to be with your new family on Christmas. Uh, no, he has a great character. He's main roster worthy, even to be an undersized guy. won't fucking... That's what I... I think... Enzo is also, but yet they've stuck yeah. him on 205 Live, and that's where he's going to stay. Yeah. I don't understand. Wh- TJ Perkins. Now, those are the three I would bring up and leave on the main roster. Yeah, I mean, TJ Perkins, when he was uh, suicide, was wrestling heavyweights. You know, was yeah. all these guys, when you have guys that you bill as, quote, heavyweights, like Finn Balor and Seth Rollins and Dean Ambrose to a certain extent, doing a lot. Even Kevin Owens is very mobile and does a lot of... He does a frog splash. Yeah. He does a Owen, Yeah, Kevin Owens, for a 300-pound dude, does a lot of, of aerial 205 Yeah, so you've stuff. got your main roster, a lot of them, AJ Styles. They're all wrestling a lot like these little guys, these yeah. quote-unquote little guys. So there's really not a big stylistic difference. So to separate them out when they're doing almost the same stuff, unless you have a guy like a Rey Mysterio in his prime that was actually like innovating things that had unbelievable stuff you hadn't seen all the time, you know. Yeah. I mean, now we see Hurricane Ronas all the time. We see uh, suicide dives, like Randy Orton getting on to people about dives. Like, yeah, because we see that shit all the time. Like, yeah. But if they had like Grand Metalik or Lince Dorado doing some luchas lucha things uh that we hadn't seen before uh then i think that deserves maybe its own showcase show so it's special but like when they're just wrestling like the rest of us or you know the rest of them if you have a great character a great character will work no matter where you put right. it and so why bury it on the show no one That's watches the things with tj perkins he's like he's an you know video game he's like type. a millennial yeah. yeah basically even though he's actually i think older than us but he looks younger. He looks a lot well, better than he's us. He's got the eight bit, you know, video game type 
style going on, and it's very entertaining. It's a great gimmick. Yeah, and, he's supposed and, to be millennial hipster. Yeah, guy. And I guess so. It uh, these guys could be on the main roster, and why they're not, I don't know. Why two hundred five live is still around, I don't know. I don't. I don't either. I don't know anybody that even diehard wrestling fans. I don't. I don't know. And I don't read much about like even even when it's on, and I look at Twitter, my Twitter feed. The Retro Wrestling Podcast Twitter feed is not like overwhelmed with like, oh my god, two hundred five live is just off the chain or yeah. whatever. Like it's Yeah. Doesn't exist. No. And last but certainly not least, there is a former diva, former knockout, former women's wrestler by the name of Christy Hemi. Oh yeah, did Playboy. She's pregnant. Oh yeah? Yeah. Just one baby. No. Uh, no. Could it be two? No. Maybe three? No. No, she's going to have quintuplets <laughs> And quadruplets. Quadruplets. She's going to have quadruplets. All at once. Yes. That is uh, that, a scary that thought. That poor, poor, poor woman. And that poor man. Yeah. Too. Cause th- yeah. That poor man, too. That uh, sucks. Dude, that's... Whew, man... You think tens, you know, twins would be bad, but twins. Sometimes I just forget that that shit even happens because yeah. every time, I've never known somebody that had twins. I know twins, but yeah. I've never like known anybody that's given birth to twins. So I almost forget that that's even a thing that, that that's happens. Possible, yeah. yeah. And when then you're you, like, oh, you're pregnant. You're like, oh, that's awesome. So is it going to be a boy or a girl? No, it's going to be four. both. Yeah, it's going to be well. Yeah, with four, you could have. Possibly all identical ones. That's weird. That's right. <laughs> or you could there could be like two boys, two girls in there. Yeah. That's weird. That's just weird. That's yeah. weird stuff. People that are planning on having children are like usually budgeting for like one child, or we'll make this our kids' room. Yeah. Or we think about this as just one baby. Right. And then they go to the doctor and they say, "Oh, you got three more now." Yeah. And so now it turns into now we need and you know a big ass van. Now we need. Like a now big, the kids have to share rooms. Yeah. Like it's turned. I need a, like two sets of bunk beds. And yeah, all it's gotten of, out yeah. of control really fast. Your yeah. expenses just—it's crazy, man. And they're all going to be graduating school at the same time. Oh yeah, they're college, all going to need college all, tuition. Oh yeah, dear God. So Christy Hemi's going to be getting back into the wrestling. Yeah, she'll career. be showing up as an announcer very soon. You too. will see her as an announcer. She will wrestle. She will do practically anything for any indie circuit around here after maybe another year. Yeah, because they're going to need a lot of money. They got mouths to feed. <laughs> they got Ill. kids. Who is her husband? Do we know who who she's married? He's I, just some guy. He's just some guy. Yeah, he's not a he's not a wrestler. She wasn't one of those uh, that fell into the trap. But he's not like a baseball player, or he's not. I any, don't think he's, he's just a regular working. Yeah, job. he doesn't have. Well, he probably is pretty wealthy, but he he doesn't have like a Wikipedia page, so yeah. I can't like look him yeah. up. Yeah. So. Okay. All right. Well, congratulations. Yeah. Yeah. Good luck. Sorry about you. sorry about your damn luck. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we need Farouk here. Ron Simmons just go, damn. But uh, hey, no, congratulations. Really, I'm especially for Jack Gallagher getting married and her. And, yeah, good uh, news. It's nice to end on good news. It is. It is. Well, this week it was my pick for our retro wrestling review. We head back to 1999. You told me two hours. You wanted a shorter show. Yeah, I know. I got the time wrong. <laughs> Sorry. 
Yeah. Sorry about your damn luck. <laughs> so, Anarchy Rules, ECW's Anarchy Rules, R-U-L-Z. That's not how you spell rules. Wrestling and spelling. We need some work, guys. Them boys. Soft. All those guys. Like, yeah. I mean... Yeah. Spelling and wrestling have never gone hand in hand. This is happening September 19th, 1999. It's in front of 6,000 people, a full house at the Odom Expo Center in Villa Park, Illinois, just outside of Chicago. For a long time, I never thought they left the ECW arena, so to see them out and about was yeah. very nice. But this is at the moment when they had just started the TNN show on the Nashville Network which had gotten off to a rocky start to begin with because the first episode, they had shot an original episode, and TNN said, no, we don't like that. It looks like shit. Please bring us a new one. Well, they didn't have enough time to make a new one for their first episode, so their first episode was just matches from old pay-per-views. It was basically a recap show. Then they also said, oh, you got to increase your budget for lighting, that Paul Heyman, he has no budget. Yeah. So now they're asking for all this increased, like, better cameras more cameras instant replay so now ecw is bleeding more money as they always did but they're bleeding more money into tnn into this show three of their biggest stars have just departed the dudleys well really four of their biggest stars the dudleys left on an episode of ecw on tnn they headed to the wwf you were going to see the the last match of taz he came back in November for that, a match. Well, that was because... No, that wasn't the Mike Awesome deal. That wasn't the Mike Awesome no, deal? No, that was time. later on. He came back and wrestled in November, but this was thought to have been his last match at the time, which why this match, his match tonight didn't go on last, I'll never know. We'll get into that, too, as we yeah. go. And at the beginning of this year, Shane Douglas had packed up. Yeah. And sent and left. And he went to uh WCW. To WCW. And also, while we're on the topic, you were talking about Global Force and how the the wrestling business and T V how they do do business per se. Uh TNN was looking to get into the wrestling business, didn't want to take the jump to Vince and WWE. So they took a slider jump with ECW just to try it out, to try the market out. Yeah. And so when they did, they signed ECW to a a contract where we have control and we say what you put on when you put it on. We don't have to do anything to support you. And you cannot go out and look for another company or another channel to go to. Yeah, this is an exclusive contract. Until our contract is completely up. So, which that one thing is the downfall of ECW. Yeah. Yeah, because they needed the TV deal to make enough money to stay in business. And so they had the TV deal, and when TNN decided, well, we're actually going to go with Vince, so... Or, you know, at the end of, say, four or five weeks, you know, are we're done. Well, at that point in time, Paul Heyman couldn't go and start looking for another station because under contract, he legally couldn't. And when you have a company that goes dead in the water, and then you're trying to get it back off the ground again after it was already off the ground once, it's very difficult. 
and he just couldn't it was not feasible to be able to pull it back off yeah they would they would be off the air in september of 2000 so this show lasted just a little over a year it debuted in august of 99 and uh canceled was like two weeks into raw they were actually were on the same network for like two weeks yeah uh, of course, ECW is buried on Friday night, so the Friday night thrill zone yeah. with the uh, roller jam. And they also had some show with basketball players and trampolines. And they uh, had jump ball, slam, slam ball, slam, slam ball. ball. That's yeah. It. So uh, Friday night's never a good night for TV in general, too. No. Like, no. They only aired it once, like on Fridays. There was not a replay. Like, I couldn't just like catch up some other time. Like, if you didn't see it when it aired, you're just shit out of luck. So. Yeah. And then I just forgot about it being on the air, honestly. like. And you never saw a commercial for him? Nope, never promoted. It just would appear out yeah. of nowhere. Yeah. So uh, So things aren't going really uh, swell here. Uh, but with that being said, the show's going to get started off to a pretty high note. Oh, yeah. Well, we missed our dark match. Danny Doring and Roadkill with Miss Congeniality defeated... They defeated Billy Wiles and C.W. Anderson, so we missed a oh, classic uh, dark actually, match. That sounds pretty good, actually. A town car rolls up. What is this, WCW? A town car rolling up? Masato Tanaka is in it, and Joel Gertner is stuck behind him in his SUV. Gertner comes up to Tanaka and complains about him being stuck in this massive traffic jam of two cars. And Tanaka, in his very limited English, tells Joel, Ger- tells Joel Gertner... Fuck you. Villa Park, Illinois welcomes us to Anarchy Rules, Joey Styles, and Cyrus the Virus. Don Callis, already in the ring. They will be our announcers for this evening. You Suck Dick Chance are out for Cyrus as he takes a rubber glove off. I didn't know the significance of removing I of don't this know glove. Cyrus says he'll make Joey Styles a star. Styles says tonight, Anarchy Rules. Of course it does. That's the name of the show. Exactly. Cue the old ECW open with uh, Paul Hanger Extreme Championship Wrestling. The old ECW open rolls and we are off. Lance Storm and Don Marie, a little uh, impact players. Not TNA impact players or GFW impact players, but the original impact players. Lance Storm and Don Marie are out first. Lance is going to take on Jerry Lynn, who has the old DDP taped ribs thing going on. This is coming off of Jerry Lynn's historic matches with Rob Van Dam. Some of the best ECW matches that have ever happened. He's got those sore ribs. He does. Storm and Jerry Lynn exchange hammerlock attempts and reversals. There was a big sequence where Storm and Lynn run the ropes and exchange tosses and head scissors until Jerry Lynn slows it. Mr. JL slows it down with a side headlock. Jerry dropkicks Storm off the ring apron. They get back in the ring and Lance hits the hot shot and drops Lynn across the ropes. Lance hits a beautiful dropkick on Jerry Lynn. One of the best looking dropkick artists is Lance yeah. Storm. Yeah. He's a great wrestler. He really is uh, a great wrestler, Lance Storm. USA chance for Lynn against the Canadian. Kind of weak there to chant USA against Canada. It's I know it's two years from you know Canada versus U.S., but come on, guys. <laughs> we're on the same continent. We're like right next door to each other. We're buddies. Yeah, we're pals. Storm does a cartwheel clothesline to Lynn in the corner. Lance low blows Jerry Lynn to slow the match down. What a heel. Jerry Lynn hits a top turnbuckle planche at a Storm, who he tossed to the outside. She's a crack whore chance for Don Marie. Classy ECW fans. I also got to show your tits, too. 
Missile drop kick to Storm for a two count. A big low blow from Lynn to Storm in the middle of the ring threw Storm into the air to knee him in the balls. This was a very dramatic ball yes. kick. Yes. Lynn tries a cradle pile driver, but Lance reverses and the two exchange several near falls from countering the other one's moves. The sequence ends with Lynn trying a German with a bridge and Storm kicks out at two. Storm hits a super kick and puts a foot on Jerry Lynn. John Finnegan is out of position. By the time he gets over there, Lynn kicks out at two. It was a very bad out of position ref. John Finnegan should have, I mean, you could have counted to ten at this point in time. And he looks down and realizes, oh, shit, he's actually covered with his foot. One, two, kick out. Yeah, that was a legal cover. Yeah. Storm connects with an inverted DDT. Don hands Lance Storm a chair and he wedges it in the corner. Jerry Lynn tosses Storm into it and then hits a top turnbuckle sunset flip. Don Marie breaks the count. Lynn gets the other chair, swing and a miss to Lance Storm. Lynn then DDT Storm on the chair. Don Marie puts Storm on the ropes, which causes a rope break. Um, this is ECW. What is yes. what's going on here? ECW, you can have rope breaks. I've seen them. Technically, you're not this supposed to. This is bullshit. But yes. Storm throws Lynn towards the chair wedged in the corner, so Lynn drops low instead and goes, uh-oh, ribs first into the post. Storm knees Lynn a couple times and lands a backbreaker, but Lynn fights out of it. Lynn hits a stone-cold stunner for a two-count. Jerry Lynn hits a springboard Hurricane Rana for a two-count. Then Storm finally knees Lynn, puts him in a three-quarter Nelson, rolls him up, and wins sort of out of nowhere. It just sort of... Ends. Lance Storm, you know why he won. This is ECW's first Canadian pay-per-view. This was the first one shown in Canada, so you have to put Lance Storm over. Absolutely. Uh, I, I love this match, though. I thought it was really this, good. I hated the ending, though. That that uh, roll-up, yeah. like... Yeah. I guess they need the feud to continue, too, but... This match was... And, and Jerry Lynn and is a phenomenal wrestler. Jerry Lynn is absolutely magnificent. And Lance Storm is without a doubt one of the most underrated wrestlers of all time. Yeah, never got a fair shake in the the uh, big leagues. So I mean, he did have like almost every belt in WCW for a minute, but he didn't. They would never, you know, world title run. Were, no. we're never in store for this guy, and no. it's unfortunate because he's really, really good. And yeah. even I thought he was actually decent on the mic when. Yeah. Can I have your attention for a minute? I yeah. love that. That was good. Yeah. Just was never, just, yeah, never worked out. It was dancing Lance Storm instead. Him and Dean Malenko, I feel like, yes, had they the get same type of career. Yeah, career, and they just didn't really get a fair shake. But this this match was absolutely. I would give this. How can you go wrong with these two guys? You this know, match so. was a ten out of ten. I mean, this it really was. Yeah, it was a a very good match. For an opening match that goes almost 17 minutes, I usually don't like that, but this was fine. Yeah. Simon Diamond is out next. Oh, boy. Simon needs a partner, so he appears to choose Tom Marquez, who was sitting at ringside. But, hey, Simon didn't say. Simon says. So, Tom Marquez, you can't be his Get partner. Get your ass out, sit back down. So, Jazz, the wife of Rodney Mack. Yes, to accept the challenge. Simon Diamond tells Jazz women are worthless and all just TNA. So get your flat chest out of here, basically. That's what he tells her. I don't think she liked that too much. No, you don't want to fuck around with this lady. This lady <laughs> looks... Jazz is one of the most 
I, she just looks like a badass. And she me. still does. I mean, she still is ripped and looks awesome. Jazz is a good friend of mine. And I, I just, she looks like she could tear up somebody. Tom Marquez comes into the ring to fight Jazz after Simon Says, Simon Says. So I guess Tom Marquez will do anything Simon Says, Simon Says to. Marquez slams down Jazz and showboats over her, so Jazz applies the testicular claw. Yes. The old Joey Ryan was, must have been a young child just taking all this in. He thumbs her in the eye, but Jazz hits the X Factor and nearly wins before Simon and Tony DeVito put the boots to her. Chris Chetty and Nova then make the save. And then, for whatever reason, they're going to have a match. Yeah, this turns into a six-man tag. Nova hits a Pescado to Diamond and Tony DeVito. He hits a very dangerous power bomb and then tags in Simon Diamond. Chris Chetty is still out on the side of the ring. He was beaten down. Tony DeVito hits a Uranagi for a two-count. Roadkill and Danny Doring then run in and break up this match for... A no contest in ECW? What's going on here? I don't know. I'm really, really upset with how this is going. First of all, this wasn't even supposed to be a match. You're in ECW where there are no rules. This wasn't even supposed to be a match. It was a match, and then it somehow ended in a disqualification. Yeah, I don't know. That takes talent. This was a waste of time. This was the worst thing. This isn't the first time we're going to see this tonight. Danny Doring and Roadkill hit the heart attack on jazz as Doring is dressed up like Jim the Anvil Neidhart for some reason here. (laughs) Roadkill teases splashing jazz off the turnbuckle, but other goons from the back stop him. And then New Jack runs in and brings in some plunder and attacks everybody. He staple guns Ron Price in the head. Not once, not twice. But three times. See, they didn't get a close-up shot, so it makes me think that the stapler gun was empty, at least. Mm-hmm. Now, it looks cool. That's it. That's one thing I will say about it. If you did this with no staples, it would still look cool from a distance. Yeah. Like, especially the way, like, New Jack, you know, makes it, like, just his dramatic application of the staple gun to the head. Uh, so And there was also, no, he, the dude wasn't bleeding from it, so I'm just not sure that it was actually loaded. Thank goodness. I'm not letting New Jack do anything to me, especially with a staple gun. I I love Jeremy. New Jack is great. New Jack, I've actually seen him, though, take, like, dollar bills and staple them to people's heads. Yes, I know that he is capable of doing that. So when he pulls out that stapler, there are times, and it could be that this this time, too, we just didn't see it up close, but there have been times where I can vouch 100% that he does have staples in them. So Then, for good measure, he guitar shots him. Yes. Because he's Jeff Jarrett all of a sudden now? I don't I don't know what's happening here. He sucks. Oh, ECWWrestling.com will have exclusive photos after the show, so log in check that out. Little Guido and Big Sal are out next to one of the worst dubbed themes I've ever heard. Tajiri is out next, and Super Crazy is out next. This is going to be a good Deja match. vu here. This is match. the same match we saw in One Night Stand 2005, the exact same yes. three competitors. Yes. Little Guido puts Crazy in a camel clutch and Tajiri dropkicks Crazy as he works together with Guido. Then he dropkicks Guido because why not? Tajiri monkey flips Super Crazy into Little Guido who clotheslines him. Crazy and Guido brawl on the outside. Tajiri hits an acai moonsault to Crazy and Guido going over the guardrail. Now that sounds impressive, but the guardrail are very close to the ring in ECW. Just FYI. Little kayfabe breaking there. 
Big Sal slams Tajiri in the ring. Big Sal power bombs super crazy. Little Guido leg drops Tajiri and covers crazy for a two count. Bridging German from Tajiri gets a two count. Super crazy hits a top rope acai moonsault to Tajiri and Guido over the guardrail from the ring. So repeats the spot that Tajiri did earlier. Crazy drop kicks Big Sal through a table. Tajiri hits the tarantula, the tarantula to super crazy, but Guido breaks it up with a drop kick. Surfboard to Tajiri, and then it's turned into a dragon sleeper from super crazy that looked really cool. Super Crazy puts the camel clutch on Tajiri, and Guido applies a Sicilian crab at the same time, then hits an unprettier to Super Crazy for a two-count. Super kick to Guido from Tajiri, and he puts him in the Tree of Woe, then eats a sliding drop kick from Tajiri. Super Crazy moonsaults Guido and eliminates him, because in ECW, all these triple threats are elimination style, which I think they should do in the WWE, because I like this better. I like it too, yeah. Crazy hits a second rope moonsault for a two count on Tajiri. Corner punches to Tajiri. Then a handspring elbow is delivered to Super Crazy. A sit-out powerbomb to Tajiri. Sit-out powerbomb to Tajiri only gets a one count. Crazy tries a powerbomb, but Tajiri counters it with a spike DDT for a near fall. Super Crazy catches Tajiri in a dragon sleeper and climbs to the second rope for an inverted tornado DDT. That only gets a two count, of course. Super Crazy tries his trifecta moonsaults where he goes up each turnbuckle and tries a moonsault, but gets caught with the buzzsaw kick instead and a brain buster, and Tajiri picks up the win in 1438 in a match that I thought was good, but also it was very, they would stop, it seemed like they would stop at parts there and was, be like, oh, yeah. I, what spot am I going to do next? Like there was a lot of, there de- was a lot of planning, and you would hit. It's what I call sequence matches. You go through a sequence. Yeah, it's a spot fest. Stop for a second, then you hit another sequence. Stop for a second, then hit another sequence. It just, it never... It doesn't build. Right. That's a problem with a lot of ECW matches, and that's, I think, the problem coming up with the World Heavyweight match. My only real problem with it is that you hit all these great, amazing spots, they get near falls. They don't build to yeah. a great they don't build to one giant spot that ends the match and everyone pops for yeah. instead you pop 15 times in the match and then when it finally ends you're just it just ends yeah but yeah all the all the dragging in the middle parts of like between every spot there was like no action but i i did like the match a lot this was better than their one night stand match uh other than the super crazy uh moonsault off the uh, balcony of the Hammerstein Ballroom. Uh, everything else about this match was better than that one-night stand match. Yeah, it. Uh, I think so, too. I thought it was a good match. I, I kind of have the same same argument as you. It just... It would it, it would start flowing, and then it would just die. Right? It's like a car that just has car problems. It's going, going, stop. Yeah. Going, going, stop. And it just... I, I didn't get to enjoy it. I appreciated all the stuff that yeah. they did. Yeah. All the the high spots, but then it's like, what else do you have for me? Right. Steve Carino and Rhino are backstage. A very young Steve Carino here. And a very young Rhino. Though Rhino has not aged visibly, he still looks just about the same as he did Pretty in much. 1999. Yeah. Steve tells us that Insane Clown Posse was supposed to wrestle tonight, but they backed out. 
Oh, what a very unfortunate thing to have happen. I'm glad they didn't show up. They why, why is this? Oh, that would be because WCW snatched them up and uh, before they could go. They were doing a program in WCW. Really? So I guess that they had been booked in advance and then surprise, surprise, they're in WCW TV. Not a big loss, though. Okay, I got another question for you. ICP, what made them want to go from singers, if you want to call that, <laughs> rappers, to wrestling? I, I don't know much about them. I know they have a huge following, though. And they love wrestling. And yeah. I, I know their wrestling career. That's it. I don't know anything else about them. So I don't really know why. I mean, other than the money. But I don't know why WWF... WCW, ECW. I don't know why they spent money to book these guys because they are popular with it with their own fans. Like they're called Juggalos. They have a huge following. Juggalo Championship Wrestling is the name of their uh, indie shows that they do. They're popular amongst them, but they're not going to bring in many money. Right. Like Mike Tyson, Jay Leno, you know Dennis Rodman. All right, that's going to generate some buzz about your product, but. Insane Clown Posse's not. Yeah. But if your target market, if you're trying to reach teenage boys, now they might be popular amongst teenage boys, but I don't know how that justifies bringing them in and actually using them as wrestlers. Like, they're not wrestlers. Like, But I'm talking about, you know, WCW that also let David Arquette win the belt. So, you know, I can't... And I can't explain why he, why Paul Heyman would take time to have Steve Carino cut a promo, like, blasting them. On them for... Yeah, why even mention them? Just be like, they're not here. That's it. Like, But then Styles and uh, Cyrus cut a promo on it, too. So it's like, they were very upset that ICP canceled. Yeah. yeah I guess they got paid up front, maybe. I don't know. Why else yeah, would you probably, be upset? Yeah. Steve tells us instead... Hey, he realized he and Rhino are wrestlers and could just wrestle the match themselves. So that's what they're going to do. Why they didn't do that from the start, I don't know. Now, a very interesting note here. After we leave the Steve Carino Rhino promo, we see Billy Corgan, future TNA Impact player Billy Corgan, in the crowd. He's from Chicago, and just like in St. Clown Posse, he loves wrestling. He is, yes. So... Lead singer of uh, Smashing Pumpkins? That's right. Yeah. Okay. And now owns NWA. That's right, yeah. He bought all the, the rights to all the NWA stuff. Cyrus and Styles cut a mini promo on WCW over the ICP incident. So take time out of your own pay-per-view to cut a promo on the competition. That's just stupid. Sorry, I don't care who you are. They don't exist. Just Incredible and Jason are out next. Justin is going to wrestle Sabu. Justin grabs the mic, uh-oh, and says that Sabu has been reinstated. But Justin, he has a restraining order. So I guess you're not going to see this match either. There's a restraining order against him. Sorry. So he walks over. Referee raised my hand. Announcer announced me as the winner. And Bob Ortiz goes into business for himself and says, no, I won't announce you. No. As the Why? Winner. Because this is extreme rules, and rules don't matter. All that matters is that we get, or anarchy rules, I'm sorry. Rules don't matter, and all we get is anarchy. So, well, naturally, just incredible, did not like that answer. No. And he takes the cane. 
and out of nowhere hits Bob Ortiz on top of the head, and that man literally crumbled. Yeah, could you imagine in WCW like Michael Buffer taking a Singapore cane shot? I would love to see Michael Buffer take a bump, but Bob Ortiz literally crumbled underneath this cane. And immediately as his head finally hit the mat, lights go out. So who's here? Is it The Undertaker? Lights pop back on. Is it Bray Wyatt? It's Sabu. He can do magic tricks now. He can. I didn't know that. I never knew there was some sort of otherworldly thing about Sabu. That's how Sabu always got into the ring. You didn't know that? No. Yeah. He did the lights out thing. Yeah. A springboard slingshot sidekick for a two count on Just Incredible from Sabu. A springboard moonsault for two. A chair shot. And they brawl on the elevated ramp as Sabu sets up a table, already going for the plunder. Justin fights back and sets up Sabu on the table and goes upstairs and delivers a splash, sending Sabu through the table he just set up. If you set it up, you will go through it. It's just a rule. That's a rule in wrestling. Sabu baseball slides credible over the guardrail. Then he sets up a chair and does his somersault plancha off the rope over the guardrail to credible out in the fans. Sabu then wedges a table between the ring and the guardrail Incredible botches this spot because... Oh, man. Yeah. Okay, Sabu is supposed to hit the ropes and do his somersault plancha off the chair, off the ropes. Yeah, his, and then, the triple step, and then... Yeah. yeah, and then Credible is supposed to move out of the way at the last second. Yes. Justin fucking Credible. How can he have this name when he does something like this? <laughs> so Sabu hits the ropes and is like still a mile from hitting the chair and doing the move. Yes. Incredible rolls out of the way way before he was supposed to. And Sabu, I'll give him a lot of credit here. He didn't do the carny thing and just go through the table anyway. He was like, no, that doesn't make sense. I can see that you've moved. Yeah. And so, yeah, he didn't do it and then they moved on. But fucking just incredible give me a fucking break man like i love just incredible i'm glad though that sabu was like logic here they it made sense yeah because if you move that early i can stop myself yeah i'm not just blindly going like yeah so sabu lays the table diagonally against the guardrail with credible on it so so this is where Shit gets real. <laughs> yeah. So for botching that spot, just incredible. This is what's going to happen. He props him face pl- face first onto the table. That's right. And hits a springboard leg drop. Okay. But the table, the table, the way in which it was propped up, the leg rails poke through. They literally broke through the table, came up and busted. Hit. Uh, just incredible across the eye yeah nasty. i mean they literally it it split him open yeah he is pouring blood yeah and at the same time <laughs> the other side did the exact same thing and sliced open sabu sabu and his ribs and so both men are i mean and this is not a tiny little gash they are both really gushing blood gushing blood bad and the fact that they were able to continue for as long as they did after this is unbelievable. So Sabu, with failing to break the tables, like, you know what? That's not good enough. So he does it again, but this time, Credible slides out of the way, and Sabu crashes only the way Sabu can through the table, which does, does break this time, yeah. the second time. They get back in the ring. Credible hits a super kick to Sabu, and Credible 
takes a breather <laughs> to rest for a second. Then he puts a camel clutch on Sabu. Sabu puts Credible in a camel clutch of his own. And then Fonzie grabs a hold of Jason, the world's greatest looking man, Jason, who comes out with Justin at every match. Fonzie holds Jason on a table, but Credible Singapore cane Sabu before he can send Jason through it. Credible throws a chair in Sabu's face and covers for a two count. Then a slingshot DDT is delivered to Credible from Sabu for a two count. Credible Credible then grabs the Singapore cane one more time and slams it over Sabu's head so hard it breaks it in half. Yes. Then hits a stunner on Sabu. Then he runs and sends Sabu through the table. Sabu recovers very quickly from this devastating table spot. And hits a triple jump moonsault for a two count. Then a triple jump leg drop for a two count. Then he tries Just Incredible's own finisher on him. He tries a That's Incredible, which is a tombstone pile driver. But Jason hits him with a cane and stops him. Fonzie then runs in and kicks Jason square right out of the ring. I didn't know Fonzie got so physical here. Justin then hits a That's Incredible. But Sabu kicks out at two. Someone... Slides a chair in the ring, and it hits Sabu in the head while he's recovering. It was from Fonzie. The... Fonzie hit his own man with the chair. Fonzie sliding the chair to him, slides it too hard, and it literally smashes the shit out of his head. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> he wasn't expecting no, it. No, and Sabu, you just see him like roll to his left like, or to his right and just starts grabbing at his head because you see it just thud him as hard as it That sucks. Sabu wakes up, tries the Arabian face crusher, but misses. Just Incredible is going to go for a that's incredible on a chair, but Sabu reverses it, and then Just Incredible reverses it again and gets a tombstone on the chair and wins the match in a typical Sabu match because it seems like every match I watch of his, he always loses despite doing all the work and tearing more scars into his body and... And I never, I, I, I've said this time and time again when people's asked me, I never knew how scarred up his body was until I met the man in person. It's, it, he's a, a walking scar. That's all it is. It's unbelievable. Yeah, I thought this was a a very good match. I don't really care that much for Just Incredible, honestly. And um, see, I think he was very underutilized when he had his quick run in WWE. Oh yeah, they never they never used him. But at the same time, I mean, he doesn't have exactly the the look of a True. star. And they already had a, a bald headed guy with a goatee that wore jeans that and t shirts and did stunners that uh, you know you come in look. I mean, and True. I mean Goldberg too and WC. Everybody had a bald guy. Yeah, a bald white guy with a goatee. And you look at all three of them, like, where would you rate Just Incredible between those two guys? Aldo Montoya. Yeah, exactly. Uh, enjoyed the match. It was a typical Sabu match. That cut over Just Incredible's eyes was That was nasty. ugly, man. That was really nasty. He had to get stitches afterwards. There, There's no way of trying to close that up without. And uh, Sabu's cut, man, on his, on his ribcage. Oh, yeah. That was nasty, too. The fact that they were able to carry on the match, though, 
after that happening so early in the match. True statement to to their credibility. That's the one thing about these ECW guys. They were very brand loyal until they got a payday to leave. But when they were there, they they were all in. So now it's time, despite what they knew about Taz here, despite knowing that Taz is about to jump to WWF, despite knowing this plan for the end of the match, despite everything they know, now it's time for the World Heavyweight title match. Yes. Why they put it here, I have no idea. Especially given what follows it. Sometimes you can justify following it. You know, like, we've had, like, several in a row now that we've yeah. watched where it... The, the match title it, match is not the main event. Or the match that should have been the main event is not the main event. Yeah, yeah. And sometimes you can justify it. Like, that year they had Taker and Sean, Sean's career on the line closes the show. Yeah. That makes sense. So anyway, we're going into it thinking we're going to have Tanaka and Taz. And Taz. That's what it was signed as. Both men are in the ring. Japanese streamers rain down. It's time to fight. Title's been handed over to the ref. He's shown it. Let's rock and roll. All of a sudden, out of the corner. A giant man. A giant man. With a giant mullet. Yes. And his judge. Judge Jeff Jones. Jeff Jones. Okay. Are in the crowd. Come, they bought a ticket, I guess. Yeah. They come to the the uh, to the railing, and they're bad mouthing with with Taz. Awesome gets mad. Awesome's coming over. Heyman gets there. Heyman says, "No, no, you're not part of the show." Yada yada yada. Taz says, "Listen, you built me up to be this badass motherfucker. This badass motherfucker." And what's better than a badass motherfucker taking on one guy? A badass motherfucker taking on two guys. All this uncensored on the network, by the way, is beautiful. <laughs> it was beautiful, that's true. Taz says, I'm getting you a fucking rating and a goddamn buy rate. Yeah. And Paul Heyman says, only if you put up the belt for it will I let Awesome come over this railing. He does. He does, and... We, t- we turn into a triple threat. Mike Awesome just happened to have his gear on under his clothes. I guess he knew this negotiation would go well. That's okay, what, it's hilarious. See, that's what I do. I wear my referee gear never under know. my street clothes because I could be out in like a McDonald's somewhere and two guys want to fight over the last chicken McNugget. I'm going to rip my stuff off and say, let's go, guys. It's just like why Superman ding, keeps ding. his uniform on underneath. Exactly. It was hilarious, though, like because <laughs> as soon as Mike Awesome gets the green light, that shirt's off, and he is in his wrestling fucking yeah. gear. like Ripped off. He had the, the snap-down uh, yeah. gym shorts or gym pants. Ripped them off. Ripped his shirt off. was like, let's he, go. He's ring ready. Let's go. I'm ready. So That's now funny. it's a triple threat match. So funny. A three-way dance, as they call it. Uh, so it's elimination style. Mike Awesome with, uh, of course, fighting Pat Tanaka. These guys have great matches every time they fought or had great matches. Yeah. Masa- One of the best rivalries. Oh, Masada Tanaka is without a doubt. I mean, I've never seen a man take chair shots like him. Oh, he's... The bumps he takes are insane. They're insane. And the shit that these two men did to each other, it's almost, almost... It's not as close, but it's almost as bad as Foley and uh, Terry Funk. I mean, they beat the hell out of each other. Tanaka hits a Pescado to Awesome before he can get in the ring. Taz, he just stands in a corner and watches Tanaka and Awesome brawl, which, good strategy. But then he decides to get involved. He hits a Tazplex to Tanaka, a German suplex to Mike Awesome. 
Awesome and Tanaka then double team Taz. These two rivals decide, you know what? Fuck Taz. Let's beat him up. Taz overhead suplexes Tanaka. Then Awesome, Awesome bombs Tanaka and climbs the turnbuckle. Taz stops him and suplexes him off the top turnbuckle. Tanaka then fights back and hits a roaring elbow to Taz. A giant frog splash from Mike Awesome and Awesome and Tanaka double cover and eliminate Taz first Yes, in this triple, well, in this three-way dance. Yeah. You're guaranteed a new champion. This is how it should always go, I think, like... Yeah, that's I. I think this is why WWE should have that stip this version of a triple threat, so that way stuff like this could happen where it's like, because now you're this like, is shocking. Yeah, it adds it adds a whole nother brick to the match. Is like now we're guaranteed a new champion, like, and also like if because most of the ECW fans were like smart marks, they're all on the yeah. they're all on the dirt sheets. They all know all, that Taz is leaving. Yeah. So heading into that match, the crowd is probably just like, well, Tanaka's going to win. I mean, yeah. Taz is leaving. So yeah. we already know this outcome, so we're just going to sit on our hands. Yeah. And by doing this, they throw a curveball. Well, now the champ's gone. So now you – which one, one – You're, you're going to – you're getting a new champ, which you already knew, but now you're like, well, fuck, which one is it? You yeah. Know? As Taz leaves the ring, the ECW locker room comes out with Heyman, stands on the – entryway yeah and wait for their boy their hero to yeah. give him a hero send-off yeah the crowd on the other hand gives them the, the loving send-off of fuck you taz yeah so there you go taz and he he looks back while i mean and yeah he stays out to watch the well, match tanaka, tanaka and and awesome uh stop what they're doing after the pinfall and they just watch him walk away and he turns around. And he's like, "Fuck no! I'm I'm eliminated. Y'all go. Like, don't stand. Don't stand there. Go." And so they do. And uh, and the whole locker room and everybody stands out on the even Taz still stands out there to see who's going to be the new champ. He signed with WWF. Taz did, but he would be on November's pay per view. So he did come back. And then, of course, when the stuff with Mike Awesome went down, he came back for that one match. And then brought the title, the ECW belt, to SmackDown and was jobbed out by Triple H. Uh, you know it have been badass if he beat Triple H. To made him tap out in the Taz mission or whatever. That would have oh, been man. awesome. That would have been cool. Mike Awesome hits a suicide dive to Tanaka. Awesome hits a top rope clothesline to Tanaka. A sit-out Awesome Bomb only gets a two count. Awesome sets up a table outside, tries an Awesome Bomb, you know, through the ring over the ropes and through the table with Tanaka, but Tanaka gets out. Tanaka slides out of it. Tanaka takes Awesome outside and go grabs a chair. Tanaka here, the FMW veteran, does his running chair shot, which is awesome to watch. Like It really is. So he grabs a chair and runs as fast as he can at you. And, then and he which, just leaps. He's got this chair, like it's almost like it's attached to his forearm. And it's a forearm smash. But it's a forearm smash with, with a, a chair. chair. And it just, man, it sounds beautiful. And it looks so badass. Tornado DDT to Mike Awesome on the ramp, this elevated platform like an old WCW ramp. Missile drop kick to the back of Awesome's head, ouch. Tornado DDT on a chair. 
Tanaka lays a chair on Awesome's head and dives off the top turnbuckle with another chair and collides with a sickening thud, a concerto of sorts, to Mike Awesome's head here. Just all this head trauma is kind of hard to watch, knowing how Mike Awesome ended his life. Yeah. Tanaka hits a shitty power bomb to Awesome. I mean, whew, you don't want to try to power bomb. Mike Awesome when no, you're he's like that, six eight, right? Mike, yeah, he's awesome massive. was a big dude, man. He's like six eight, six nine. And so Tanaka tries it again, but Awesome gets out of it and hits an awesome bomb, the one he wanted. Throws Tanaka over the ropes through the table on the outside of the ring. Brings him back in the ring, hits a giant Alabama slam, another giant frog splash, and Tanaka kicks out at two. Big unprotected head chair shots to Tanaka, who no sells them. Which is his big move. Damn, this dude. I First of all, this guy takes chair shots like no man I've ever Full seen. Full blast. Him. Full blast. And he tells you, don't pull it. Swing, swing like you're swinging a baseball bat. Swing for the fences. And he hits so hard <laughs> that the fact that the man is still standing is remarkable. And he's still wrestling today Today is pretty it, remarkable. It sounds, literally, it sounds like a shotgun going off every time it thuds. Tanaka hits a somersault stunner off the top turnbuckle for a two count. Awesome spears Tanaka, but Tanaka kicks out at two. Awesome chair shots Tanaka, who goes laying on a table. He wants a frog splash through the table, but Tanaka cuts him off, but instead gets super awesome bombed off the top turnbuckle through the table. And Mike Awesome gets the win and is the new ECW champion in a blistering match with uh, some of the most violent chair shots I've ever seen. But every match between these two had a ton of violent chair shots. A ton of violent table power bombs. Oh, man. Outside of the ring, in the ring. Yeah. Every which way. We also saw these two at the uh, one the uh, one night stand. This was another stand, match, yeah. and they were on Heat Wave '98. So, yeah. and they've wrestled they wrestled a lot in ECW. Yeah, but, but for good reason. When because they could they work well together. It was a rivalry that never ended. It was the Rock and Roll Express versus the Midnight <laughs> Express. It was a rivalry that never ended, and they beat the hell out of each other in this match. Because Mike Awesome is a big reckless dude that's going to sling you around and hit you as hard as he can. And Tanaka's a guy that can take all that shit and dish a little bit of it yeah, out. And give it back. And so, yeah. It worked well. Taz brings his belt. To the, what's he going to do here? Belt shot Mike Awesome? That's what I would have done. But no. He kisses the belt Bret Hart style and hands it to Awesome. The torch has been passed, right, Patrick? This That's is right. this is the torch passing moment. That's right. Uh, but... Wait, awesome. History will show, not really. Yeah. Awesome's going to be leaving here another few weeks, too. <laughs> yeah, taking that WCW money pretty soon. Taz hugs Paul, and Awesome shakes Tanaka's hand. Taz gets the hero's send-off. The crowd starts chanting for Taz, but then Taz is like, no, no, no. Chant for Mike Awesome. Oh. And they change their chant to Mike Awesome. Yeah. And he's the new king of ECW. Well, Taz always said if there was, and this is true, he said it in numerous interviews, uh, if there was any one man that could beat him for he'll shake your hand. the ECW title, he'll he'll walk up and man to man, he'll shake your hand and hand it to you. And so he was a man of his word. Yeah, the, the stuff after the match was uh, 
I can't imagine. It's it was perfectly done. Yeah, it was exactly what needed to happen. Yeah, and but that's why this should have been on gone on last. Yeah, because oh, it I wrapped agree. everything up. Yeah. Basically, it crowned. It was the passing of the torch. It was the natural way to end the show. Yeah, and also the idea of ending the show, making the fans go home happy. Yeah. That would have been it. Yeah, even though they probably still don't like Mike Awesome as much as Taz, but. That's how it goes. Like yeah. uh, this was uh, just an excellent match, See, uh, an excellent stipulation. Yeah, it was executed perfectly. And anyone who has—I know you and me talked about it—but uh, anyone who knows me thinks knows. Uh, I just think Mike Awesome. Well, he was just great. Yeah, very underutilized, very underrated. I mean, here he is, six eight, six nine foot man. He's got power. Dude can f- he walks the top ropes like, I mean, cruiserweights. He's got yeah. balance. He's got speed. I mean, the the guy was absolutely ready to take the wrestling world by storm. He had it all. And to be that big of a man in ECW, it made him look even, like a giant. Because yeah. like everybody in ECW, not to say that they're undersized, but right. they're not they're not the Undertaker. They're not Kane. Like he could really and like his first night in WCW, they put him next to Kevin Nash. So instantly he's not the tallest guy in the room. Yeah. Like Yeah. I mean that seventies dude, the fat chick thriller, they had no yeah. idea what to do with this no, guy. They didn't. And he he should have been like a Brock Lesnar type, like Unbeatable. Show up. Shut up. Don't say anything. Yeah, just give him a kick, manager. Kick ass. Go in there and just kick ass. And uh, couldn't figure it out. No. And then Vince didn't want him. That's no. what blew my mind is why would Vince not want him? I think he's just too dangerous. Like, And Vince wants big men to wrestle like big men. He doesn't want... The Undertaker doing a frog splash. He doesn't want Mike Awesome doing a frog splash. And so he wants that slow, methodical giant, you know. Because he grew up watching Andre the Giant. So he thinks, oh, you're a gi- you're a big man. Wrestle like a big man. Yeah. And Mike Awesome doesn't wrestle like a big man. Mike Awesome wrestles like an awesome wrestler. So. Yeah. He is he is the whole package, and so never couldn't figure it out. No. It's it's such a waste. It was such it's a, a tragedy. Waste. Yeah, it's a true wrestling tragedy. Yeah, very unfortunate. Probably the biggest. Yeah, I'd say the biggest miss of like any like potential like superstar like right. that could have been like legendary. I put him up there with with the likes of Jake the Snake Roberts and uh, and Kurt Henning. Scott Hall, who who got guys that could be world champions, never got that chance. At least those guys were like when they got to the main, when they got to WWF and WCW, they were at least they flirted with the main event picture or whatever. Yeah. Like not like when Awesome is just treated like a joke. Like right, oh he's a fat chick thriller. Yeah. He's that 70s guy. He's got a mullet. That's the thing is Piper. I mean, Piper never was a WWE yeah, champion. But he flirted with the main event. But he flirted with the main event. But you don't see you didn't see Piper getting that getting traded like that either. So yeah, exactly. That, yeah. He got his own segment. <laughs> they let yeah. him just do whatever he wants to. Yeah. So yeah, this should have been the end of the night. Especially for the two matches that follow. This should have been. What the fuck were they thinking? I don't know. 
Our main event was pretty good, but no. no, this should have been main. You're right. I don't think the main event was very good. The one I don't think and was very disappointed in is my boy Tommy coming up. I was I hated this match. Well, it was, I guess, thrown together at the last second because they were going to work with ICP, I guess. Raven is out in the woods somewhere, or in the darkness. He gives a Raven pre-tape promo, you know, the typical Raven style, about Tommy Dreamer and all their history and everything that's happened between them. Beulah, you know, having Tommy's baby and (laughs) all this crazy stuff that's been happening between the two. Even when they... Raven's been gone from ECW for two years, and yet, you know, still have they still have all this history together. It's crazy that, like, here's another rivalry that just went on forever until they end up being tag champs. Yeah. Because they needed them to get a pop on uh, their TNN show. So it was a big surprise return. Raven's back, and he's teaming with Tommy Dreamer. What the hell's going on here? And they're tag champs. Holy shit. Yeah. Yeah. Raven... Always beat Dreamer until, of course, Raven signed his WCW contract and Tommy won. So they're all on even footing now, and that's why they're tag partners and can be friends. Joel Gertner, the quintessential stud muffin, makes his way to the ring. He cuts a promo about wanting a woman to lick his balls. Then he welcomes Francine and Tommy Dreamer. Tommy says doctors don't want him to wrestle, but he doesn't care. I guess he learned from Terry Funk. Just don't listen to the doctors. Just wrestle. Steve Carino and his rookie Rhino come out. Dreamer hits Rhino with a neckbreaker off the top turnbuckle. Francine hits Jack Victory with a thrown chair, as Jack Victory was also with Carino and Rhino in a wheelchair. A weird gimmick here going on. I'm not yeah. sure what they're going for. A slingshot crossbody for a two count on Rhino from Dreamer. Rhino hits a spine buster for two. Steve Carino brings a ladder, which is immediately used against him. Francine gets a power slam from Rhino, and that means time for Raven, who comes out to the ring. Even flow DDT to Rhino. Jack Victory then comes in to fight Raven. The heels have the upper hand with Carino and Victory. But then Dreamer and Raven try to sync up their DDTs to Carino and Jack Victory. Didn't work out too well. Didn't go quite. Like, Dreamer's like looking at Raven, like hoping that Raven will make eye contact no, with him. Raven just grabs him and drops him. Yeah. Fuck it. I'm not here to screw around. Yeah. They get them. They both cover and they get the win and retain their ECW tag belts. Man Cow, a Chicago DJ and some fat men are on the way now. Raven comes out to greet them. His leather jacket, by the way, he needs a new one. It's splitting down the middle. <laughs> he must have gotten a little bit bigger. And he leaves with man cow and the fat guys i don't know where this went i don't really care i don't either uh, uh raven's big rivalry in wwe or in wcw was ddp uh, with ddp and i don't know much i really hate saying that too but the origin of that actually happened on mtv really so ddp there was a show before trl called well, it was before trl was a show it was called mtv live and DDP was on there as a guest. This was when wrestling was hot, like 97 or whatever, or yeah. getting hot, starting to get hot. So DDP was sitting on a couch, and Raven, this is how he debuted, basically, for WCW, burst into the MTV studios and hit DDP with a stop sign. And then that's how that feud 
And then they feuded really? for like a year, it seemed like. Until Raven got feuding with his own flock, which is a whole... Well, you and then a, Stevie uh, Richards was in there for a minute. I was going to say, you had Stevie in there for a split second, but then he was right back out the door. And so, but yeah. This match was shit. This was not a match. This was an angle. And so I'm not going to really review an angle because they just hit a DDT and that was pretty much it. Like, Yeah. This next little bout, though, made no sense to me. Yeah, this is ridiculous coming up next. Your main event of the evening. Somewhat. <laughs> Joey Styles says, This is the biggest EC crowd ever at 9,000 people. That is pretty sad, but that's the way it was. Axel Rotten is in the ring. He puts over the Taz match. He liked it. He says he can bleed a lot like a bitch. <laughs> 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 His words, not mine. He can bleed like a bitch, not a lot like a bitch. I don't know what the... Okay, I'll just include his... <laughs> he decides, hey, we have a new champion, Mike Awesome, so I'll challenge you to a match. Yeah. Chicago! Are we proving why we are the number one company in professional wrestling? Well, tonight in this ring, we saw a class act. And we saw a new world heavyweight champion in Mike Awesome. Let me be honest with you one time, Chi-Town. I ain't the best worker in the business. I can bleed like a bitch, though. And Mike Awesome, I'm letting it be known that Axel Rotten is making a name for himself right here in Chicago because I'm calling you out, Mike Awesome. I'm first in line. I want to be number one for that world heavyweight title. Mike Awesome, if you got the balls, bring them down because I'm ready to get extreme on your ass. He wants Awesome. Awesome has been the champ all of like 20 minutes and he's already being challenged. But instead of Mike Awesome, the Impact players answer the call. Lance Storm leads them to the ring and tells Axel to resend the challenge, or they'll resend it for him. Then Just Incredible Kane's Rodden and Balls Mahoney and Little Spike Dudley answer the call for help. Spike hits Don Marie with the acid drop to a big pop. More men on women violence. They love that. Balls Mahoney chair shots Johnny Smith. Axel and Balls Mahoney are now alone in the ring. Axel says, We ain't going out like this. We'll show ECW that we're the whole fucking show. So now Balls wants to challenge RVD instead of Johnny Smith, who was originally penciled in to fight RVD here tonight. I'm kind of glad that one got penciled out. <laughs> yeah, but this isn't much better. I'd say this is worse. I don't know who Johnny Smith is. I've never seen a Johnny Smith match. I'm, I've never seen him either, yeah. So I would rather see that because I'm curious as to know what Johnny... He had a UK flag on his tights, so I guess he's from... Uh, England or somewhere and so yeah I was kind of curious what is Johnny Smith I know what Balls Mahoney's like so I don't really need to see this he sucks challenge accepted this is how it works in ECW you just do whatever you want you make a match when you want you put a title on the on the line you just do whatever Paul Heyman didn't have to do much work as Booker because he lets his talent book their own matches Fonzie and RVD come out RVD gets a huge pop, but it's dubbed over with his... Because he used to come out to a, a song called Walk by Pantera, so they dubbed over it here. And in doing so, they drown out the crowd, so you get none of the 
Rob Van Dam was way over. Rob Van Dam was way over. I mean, he was the number one star in ECW for a really long time. Yeah. This is kind of one of the reasons the TV title is going on last. As he started making the TV title mean more than the world title. So Fonzie is RVD's manager and Sabu's. They used to be a tag team. And they spend a while talking strategy before the match gets started. A leapfrog sidekick and a big top rope crossbody from RVD to Balls for two. RVD drop kicks Balls out of the ring. Mahoney's crotch sweat here is very noticeable. He was wrestling in jean shorts that were getting moist in the middle. It was very noticeable I, on the back and front. I did not notice this. crotch sweat is because th- I guess he didn't have like tights on underneath. I guess he had like Mahoney? Uh, balls. He had a onesie on, right? Yeah, he had tights on. I'm not sure. I don't know how this man crotch sweat generated this much moisture on his jeans, but it did. Like, John Cena doesn't crotch sweat. He might have pissed himself. Who knows? Maybe. (laughs) Mahoney and RVD walk and brawl around the ring. Mahoney whips RVD into the guardrail. RVD tries a moonsault off the guardrail, but lands on his feet. RVD shoves Mahoney over the railing, and RVD contemplates a big move from the turnbuckle, uh, but says, ah, forget about it. And then he tries something off the guardrail instead. Mahoney stops him with a chair and then sips on a fan's beer. Balls punches to RVD in the ring. They go outside, and Balls throws RVD over the guardrail. Balls grabs a chair, but gets Van Daminatored out in the crowd. RVD then climbs the top turnbuckle and hits a giant somersault plancha from the ring into about the third row. This would be more impressive if we didn't see it from the other wrestlers earlier in the night. They get back into the ring, and Mahoney hits a power slam for a two. A New Jersey jam, which is a second rope leg drop to RVD for a two count. Mahoney hits the ball breaker, which is a sit-out powerbomb, goes upstairs to try to win with a frog splash, which we also saw earlier tonight, and only gets a two count. He tries again, but RVD stops him and hits a superplex. Drop kick with the chair to Mahoney for a two count. Rolling thunder onto the chair that covered Mahoney, but only gets a two count. RVD gets caught on the turnbuckle, but counters with a monkey flip. RVD tries hitting balls in the corner, but balls power bombs him on a chair. But RVD, the fighting champ, kicks out at two. RVD tries a northern lights on Mahoney, but Mahoney DDTs him instead. Does a pile driver on Mr. Monday Night, and then hits a super kick and grabs another chair. His, um, his signature chair that has the logo of the pay-per-view. This was Balls Mahoney's thing. His yeah. souvenir chair. I would love to get my hands on one of those, too. There's probably not a lot of them in existence. There was probably one made for each pay-per-view. Yeah, there was. And so, I I don't know how he got them done or if he had somebody. He, may he must have known an airbrusher. That or he did them himself. He uses his signature chair and gives a giant head chair shot that dents the chair, oh, wraps it around RVD's oh, head. Oh, Van Dam just crumbled. Yeah. It was ugly. But RVD still kicks out. <laughs> now, he did kick out. That's when um, Fonzie. Fonzie comes in and broke it up. Fonzie breaks it up and hits Mahoney with a chair who no-sells it. Mahoney no-sells a chair shot from Fonzie. Mahoney swing and a miss to Fonzie with the chair, allowing RVD to hit a top rope Van Daminator, then a five-star frog splash, and RVD retains. Mahoney and RVD grab chairs after the bell. 
but instead throw them down and hug each other. Aw. So much love on this show. For, so an ECW, much love. for an ECW show, there's a lot of love between these bloody, crazy wrestlers for some reason. Everyone loves everybody. Beating up guys. Styles recaps the night with a sizzle reel, and we're out. The Mike Awesome era is upon us. What did you think of this World Television Championship match? I enjoyed the match. I thought it was good. Do not like it. Uh huh. Nothing against Balls Mahoney for a plunder match. This guy is A plus if you want to put him in plunder matches. Opening mid card plunder matches. You can't put him in a spot like this against RVD. You just can't do it. It's just not going to work. It's it's a styles clash. It's not the styles clash, but it is a styles clash. And I just thought it dragged on. It was 20 minutes. It went six minutes longer than the three-way dance for the world title. And that could have been given to the three-way. I would have loved to have seen Mike Awesome and Tanaka for another six minutes or cut time from this match and give it to could have given more time to jerry lynn and lance storm that would have been fine yeah 17 minutes wasn't long enough for me anyway i just didn't really enjoy this match this is the the only like legit like those other matches like the jazz stuff and the tommy dreamer and raven that only went like three or four minutes so i can't complain no the only there was only two out of this seven card match that i didn't like and that was the t- Dreamer Raven and uh, the Simon Diamond Jazz and Nova. Yeah, everything else was fine. In fact, like I almost forgot those matches even happened. Like, yeah. And I just watched this thing like yesterday. <laughs> like, and I've already forgotten that those even happened on this pay per view. Even though it's all, even though it's three hours. Even though I said I wanted a shorter show. It was a very good three. It, it ran by really quick because yeah. the, the good matches. 247, so I mean. Yeah, 247. Uh, the great thing about ECW is there's not a lot of filler. There's not a lot of bullshit. No. Flo Rida is not going to come out and sing a song. We're not going to have to watch a KFC commercial. We're not going to have to sit around and go backstage every... It's a know. wrestling show yeah. where it's wrestling, period. You're not having to watch subliminal sponsorship mixed in with your wrestling or long promos i mean that's what the tv that's what tv is for like their tnn shows for like promos and match building and stuff like so i'm glad that for this is what i like the most like wrestling shows that are stacked like this where yeah there was like a raven promo and like taz cuts a promo in the ring but it's not it's not drawn out, and it all is it all. It's well, all necessary. I think the longest one that went on and on was Axel Rotten, and Axel Rotten, even then, when he was running his mouth, it wasn't, it wasn't too much. So, in that regard, I, I would rate it very high, and that's where we will head to our rating scale. Hornswoggle, Giant Gonzalez. I'm gonna give it a Mike Awesome with his mullet. So really, yes, it was a a very good show. Very, I'm very surprised because. I hadn't heard much about this show ever. Like, uh, November to Remember, Heat Wave uh, are always barely legal. The first one, all you know, is, was featured in uh, by Beyond the Mat. And so it gets a lot of attention. Like, I've like 99 to 2000 ECW, uh, I don't know much about really. So you don't know that Dusty Rhodes was a part of I know ECW. that he was, yeah, because he was in the video game. That's the only reason. That is I know. the only reason you know. Yeah. So this era, uh, I think, doesn't get talked about a lot. And so 
I think this is a great show. Yeah. Uh, for, I think everybody, if you love good wrestling, I mean, Lance Storm and Jerry Lynn, if you love good wrestling, if you want a good, uh, you know, hardcore match, Awesome and Tanaka with all the table stuff. And if you like plunder matches, you can watch Balls Mahoney. So there you go. Or New Jack. I love New Oh, Jack. that New Jack thing, yeah. But that was just... I love New Jack. New Jack makes a wrestling show so much better. No, no, no. He should be in jail. Okay, and uh, what would you place this on the rating scale? I'm kind of going to have to go with you. Oh, Mike Awesome with the mullet. That is a tall guy. We are are a double. We are the exact same. Has that happened before? Yes, we did it just a couple weeks ago. So now we're... We're we're 2-0 then, or 2-40-something. So, yeah, yeah, no, I really... I can't think of anything bad to say about this. This... Other than there's some things you can skip. Yeah, I mean, two matches out of, and even then they're not that bad that I I would skip. And they're not that long. No, I'd just sit through them and enjoy them. Yeah, this is a this is just an easy show to watch. Oh, very easy. And you don't have to think about stuff. You don't have to wonder why Dean Ambrose doesn't grab the potted plant and hit Jericho with it. You don't have to worry about questioning stuff. It just it's good wrestling. Good hardcore wrestling. So, Patrick, it's your pick for next week. Where will we be going? We're going to go in the time machine to one year later. It's WWF. It's the last pay-per-view of 2000. It is plunder match with billion dollars worth of talent mixed into one match. It is Armageddon 2000, the one and only time we had a six-person Hell in a Cell match. Let's see if Kurt Angle can beat all other five men. Including, like, The Rock, Austin, Triple H, uh, Taker, and Rikishi. (laughs) One of these names is not like the others, Patrick. Rikishi. Okay, well, that's good. It's been a long time since I've seen this match. Uh, Don't know what else happens on the card, so that'll be interesting as well. I'm not even going to look at it because I also don't want to bum myself out knowing that there's like probably like a Billy Gunn. Billy the one gun match on here probably, so the one Billy Gunn. So You got a Radicals. Oh, Radicals sighting. You're going to get a Radicals sighting. All right, that's where we'll go. It's... Armageddon, the six-man cage. Hell in a Cell. Six-man Hell in a Cell. That'll happen next week on the Retro Wrestling Podcast. As always, you can go to RetroWrestlingPodcast.com. Where can they find you, Patrick? Uh, They can find me at Patrick Young or Patrick Young Wrestling at Facebook. As always, make sure you send me a message, a link, anything that you want us to talk about, anything you want to say to me. If you want to debate, I love I love this. I get fans that have listened to our show who have a problem or may like what I say or you say, and they may want to talk more about it or even get into debates about it. I am more than welcome to do so. So shoot me a message, private message, and, uh, and let me know on Facebook. Uh, but as always, I am the one and only, the greatest referee in professional wrestling history, Patrick Young. I'm intern Alex. Saying, as always, my closing line's a clothesline. Bingo, bingo. All right.